Lesson 5. I want to thank Brother Fine for taking last week's lessons in our absence. In our absence, let's go to Lord in prayer, and we'll jump into developing a prayer life. Or, let me ask you this. Or, even if you've been saved for a length of time, are these helpful to you? These lessons, are you learning? I, I pray that you do. You know what? I, I, I've been saved for a lot, a lot of years uh, and been in ministry, but I get excited uh, just learning again. And I've taught this with several folks before, going through the Continue program, but to teach it to you, I'm just... Uh, Overly excited about it, and I pray they're beneficial to you. Father, help us tonight. So many requests, we cannot mention all of them. So many praises. Thank you, Father, all, all around this auditorium. Uh, we see praises, and, and folks have been led to Christ and uh, for safety coming home. Think of Mrs. Ball coming home safely, and, and Brother Tom and his wife Ruth and their son. And, and Father, just your blessings and, and what you do for us, Brother Danny and the uh, taking care of the medication and the cost of the medication. True it is, and as it says in your word, that you do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. I understand, Father, still we have folks that need your touch, and I pray. I uplift before you Mary Wolford tonight. God, I pray, if it be thy will, to touch her body and help her numbers to turn around to the, uh, to the better. Lord, I pray for George and Fern Zane that you would encourage them and strengthen them. May we as a church not forget them uh, and visit them and call them. And, and Lord, I pray for them. And uh, Father, we do pray for Jim, Jim Nichols. And God, thank you for what you have done. But Lord, he needs your strength each and every day. I pray soon we'll hear from Lucy uh, that Jim is able to eat a little bit on his own and he's gaining. And uh, Father, thank you for what you have done and what you're going to do. So many other requests were mentioned tonight. Father, we lift them up before you in prayer, and we pray that you'd hear from heaven and answer according to thy will. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you, Brother Stephen, can you help me with this? Would you mind going in the, in the office and getting my Bible off the desk? Before, let me show you this lesson that we're going to teach tonight. I guess very few things mean as much to me as prayer, do, prayer does. Um, as Christians, we need to learn to pray. We need to learn how to pray. Uh, I want to read some things that are not in your notes, some, some heroes of mine and what they said about prayer. Listen to this. It is a good thing to let prayer be the first business of the morning and the last in the evening, said Martin Luther. So true. Listen to this. The one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. Are you hearing that? The devil, thank you, Brother Stephen. The devil does not want to see the weakest saint on his or her knees. Samuel Chadwick uh, goes further. The one concern the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies. Those of you who lead a Sunday school class, preach or teach, listen to what the pastor says. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil. He mocks at our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. Do you, how many of you know, and you should know these folks. If you don't Google it, if you can't purchase uh, books concerning them, find out about them. Adoniram Judson. Are you familiar with who he is? Great missionary. Listen to what, and Adoniram Judson, they called him Camel Knees. He prayed so much 
that his knees were calloused. This was a man of deep, deep prayer. Listen to what he said. He said, I have never prayed sincerely for anything but that God gave it to me at some time. Somehow, in some way, this is a man that knew how to pray. And he said, anything I prayed about sincerely, I saw God give that to me. Uh, somebody said it this way. Prayer delights God's ear. It melts his heart. It opens his hand. God cannot deny a praying soul. Prayer delights God's ear. It melts his heart. It opens his hand. God cannot deny a living soul. And one last, and if you've never read about this man, what a great man he was, Charles Finney. He said this, prayer bathes the soul in an atmosphere of the divine presence. And so when we, you and I go into, I was in my own Bible reading this week. I was reading about the second time up on Mount Sinai when God called Moses up and for 40 days and nights he was up there. What happened when he came off that mount? What did he look like? His face shone, didn't it? So much he had to veil himself to talk to the children of Israel. How would you like to get so close to God that it shows up in your countenance? What Adoniram Judson is saying, when we pray, we're going into the presence of God. All right, look at this if you would. We've got to move quickly. Stay with me if you would. I think we've got the answers up. Brother Rogers, thank you up on the screen. Uh, if we can. There are not enough words to describe the wonder and privilege of prayer. Prayer is how we bring our needs to God. I would say put this in the margin. God gives everything to us through prayer. Amen. What does James say? We have not because we ask not. Now watch this. Don't get mad or upset at pastor about if when we go forward to some of this vision... You say, preacher, I'm not in agreement with the stair lift, and I'm not giving a dime for it. That's okay. That's all right. You're, I think, you, I, and some people can't give. Truth of the matter is you can't give. But I'm saying this, would you at least pray about it? Would you at least pray and say, God, listen, I'd like to see that happen. I'd like to see some folks be able to get downstairs that, that have difficulty or no ability at all to get downstairs, and I want a part in that. God, would you help me if you prayed about it, I promise you this. You'll see God work. Uh, God gives everything to us at, at the cost of prayer. Prayer is one of the earliest spiritual exercises you can learn. You may not be able to teach a Bible study. You may not be able to witness or share your faith. You may not be able to work the altar. But you can pray. And can I say this to you, Brother Bill and Brother Fine and Brother Wally and some of Brother Colin and some of you men who have ministry experience, you think about this. Is there anything as sweet as a baby Christian's prayers? There's nothing as sweet. Uh, I mean, just, <laughs> I remember in, in Bible college. Now, listen, and, and this, is not, this was not a baby Christian. And I remember the first time I heard this man pray this way. His wife, he was, he was a West Virginia hillbilly, and he was hillbilly, hillbilly. But his wife could cook. And when you're stuck in Bible college and you're just going through the chow line, you look for a home. You can go get some home cooking. Somehow we came across their path, Cliff and Ladina Peters, and they would, she would invite us over and she could cook. And I remember 
we affectionately begin to call him and her Aunt Nunk. We adopted them. They kind of adopted us, my brother and I. I remember the first time we went over their house, and let's just say that, because this was typical, she had homemade meatloaf and, and never, never store-bought bread. Always homemade bread and whatever it was. I mean a meal for a king. And we prayed that, and when we bowed our head to pray and ask God's blessings on the food, Unc began to pray something like this. He said, Lord, thank you for meatloaf. You know, Lord, I love meatloaf. And then he said something like this. He said, you know, I don't get meatloaf unless Gordon and Dan come over because Ladina won't make me meatloaf. And he wasn't joking. I mean, he was just as serious as could be. God, thank you for meatloaf. Kind of like the little, little boy that was praying, and he had, was praying from a grateful heart. And he said, Lord, I thank you for my room. And I thank you for my sister, and I thank you for my bed, and my blanket, and my pillow, and my bicycle, and my football. And Lord, I thank you for the meatloaf and the corn. Lord, I really don't like lima beans. A prayer. We're going to look at this. Prayer comes from the heart. We'll look at that. All right, look at this if you would. Prayer is an invitation for the child of God. Prayer is an invitation to the very throne room of heaven. We don't have time to read this tonight, but Hebrews 4, 15 says this. Come therefore boldly unto the throne of grace. Where is the throne of grace? Do you and I have merit to come into God's presence? If you're saved and you're his child, you have merit. I read about the man and his wife who were very well-to-do. And they went to a foreign country, and they saw a lot of these children that didn't have a mom or a dad or a home to live in. And they adopted one little boy who had a, came from a very large family. And in his family, what they would do, mom and daddy didn't have a lot to give. And so they would pour one glass full of milk, and they would tell the first child, you can drink down this far. And then the second, then pass it to the second child and the second child could drink down that far, and the third child, and so. And this young boy was adopted by this very well-to-do family. And the first time they went in to sit down to eat, the man noticed that that little boy drank so much of the milk and then just set it down. And he said, son, what are you doing? And the boy looked at him, and he said, he said Daddy, how far can I drink? Can I say this to you? When it comes to prayer and coming to the throne of God, you can come, and you can come boldly. That's what Hebrews 4 talks. Here's a blank to fill in. Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is talking. That's why. Now listen, we don't lead you in the Lord's prayer. Okay? We don't lead you in a prayer to recite or chant. Prayer is from your heart and mind to God. I'm not saying it's wrong to pray the Lord's prayer. I'm just saying as a church and for public worship, we don't lead... You, we don't lead you to recite after us in those prayers. Look at this. Jeremiah 33, 3. Who can quote that verse? Brother Jeff, call unto me. So whatever great is on your heart, you take it to God. And that is prayer. Look at the second. Prayer is asking for our needs. So not as only is prayer talking to God, but prayer is asking the great, the great, evangelist of old. I mean, he had crowds bigger than Billy, Sun, uh, uh, Billy Graham before Billy Graham was filling, filling the stadiums. John o. Rice had crowds larger than Billy Graham's. 
And Dr. Rice would say this. If I heard him say it once, I've heard him say it a thousand times. Prayer is asking, and the answer to prayer is receiving. That's why let me encourage you. When you pray, pray specifically. Now, I'm not saying because we all pray these kind of prayers, but how do you know if God answers this prayer? God bless Brother Marvin. How do you know if God answered that prayer? God bless our church. How do you know if God answered that prayer? But if we pray, God help us see souls saved. And we see souls saved, we know God's answered our prayers. Let me encourage you to pray specifically. So you know prayer is asking, and the answer to prayer is receiving. Look at 1 John 5, and this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask, if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. I told you a true story. I grew up in a little tiny little town in Ellicott, Callahan, Colorado. One gas station, that's all that was there when I grew up. And you could go there, and remember, ladies, you remember when... When you would go to the store and get, you didn't buy bologna that was all shrink-wrapped and whatnot. You went to a store and said, I want two, three, four, five pounds of bologna. And they would cut that, you remember? And it had a skin, skin on the outside, and you'd peel that skin up. That was bologna. Uh, that was bologna. But this little store, and I remember my dad bought his fuel for his trucks there. Mom had an account there. We could get bread or milk or vegetables, whatever it was, and we just go in and say to Mr. Chisholm, Mom wants, and we carry a list, Mom wants a gallon of milk, a loaf of bread, uh, some onions, a sack of potatoes, and three jawbreakers. <laughs> you know what do you do? Not the no, Mom doesn't want the jawbreakers, <laughs> right? Now watch this. We can have confidence if we ask anything in the will of God. All right, be careful with this. Be careful. We are as guilty as some of the religions that we say uh, chant false prayers. We cannot and should not pray every prayer and end it in Jesus' name. The prayers that are ended in Jesus' name, we know that prayer to be in the will of God. All right, look at this. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Matthew 7, 7, ask. Now, that word ask is in the linear tense. In the Greek, that means this. Ask and keep asking and keep asking and keep asking. I told you before, my mom and dad were divorced, and I grew up in, this, in, a, in a rural town, but we'd come to see mom. Uh, after a while, we could come to see her for three days a year. And I remember the first time as a little boy, mom lived on the east side on 1708 East 12th Street. I remember being in that house in the afternoon and hearing music, not, not rap music, not loud music, not drive-by music, but I hear pleasant music outside. And I looked out there and there was a van going down the road and all the boys and girls were running to that van. What was it? Ice cream truck. We didn't have them out in the country where we were. I never saw one before. And I said to my brothers, I said, what is it? That's the, I Duh, it's at the ice cream truck. What's he do? Well, you go buy ice cream. How much? It's a quarter. You could get a bomb pop for a quarter. You could get an ice cream bar, a fudge bar for a quarter. 
All right? And I remember going to mom, 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 I need a quarter. No, not sweeter. I don't have. Mom, you know what? That doesn't stop you. You just keep asking mom pretty soon. And if that doesn't work, you just fall down on the floor, hold your breath till you turn blue. And you know what? She'll cough up a quarter. All right? That ask, keep asking, keep asking. All right? Look at this if you would. Prayer is a command. God not only invites us to pray, He tells us to pray. Colossians 4.2, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. In fact, He assumes that we will pray. Notice how when Jesus instructed His disciples concerning prayer, He said, here's two blanks to fill in, when ye pray, not if ye pray. So how should we pray? You say, preacher, I don't know a lot about prayer. That's okay. Remember we said this as we started the lesson? This is an exercise. If you've been saved one day, one hour, one month, one year, ten years, you and I can all pray. So what does that look? Here's how we do this. Number one, on page number 100, pray regularly. The best way to develop a meaningful prayer life is to pray on a regular daily basis. Pray regularly. Psalm 5.3, My voice shall thou hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. Do you hear Brother Stuckman's voice? Keep looking up. Keep looking up. Prayer is not something we run to only in times of emergency. All right? Not only do we pray regularly, we pray continually. Pray continually. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, pray without ceasing. We pray continually. Number three, we pray with faith. We pray with faith. Pray knowing that your heavenly Father wants you to pray. He hears your request and will do what is best for you. There are some times in my life, as I got beyond some situations, I'm glad God did not answer my prayer how I prayed it. I have talked to people before that asked the Lord to take them home. And full well knowing that the Lord was not finished with them yet. And after they got beyond a terrible sickness or an illness or a trying situation, God blessed them and I've heard them say to me, Pastor, I am so glad God didn't answer my prayer. How many of you here tonight, you don't have to raise your hand, you say, Preacher, there's some prayers that I prayed. I'm glad God did not answer when we pray, God will always do what is best. Look at the page 101. Pray with the right motives. Pray with the right motives. Ye lust, now that does not mean, uh, doesn't necessarily mean something sensual. The word lust in James means a strong desire that is not in the will of God. Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have, and ye cannot obtain. Ye fight in war, yet ye have not because what? Ye ask not, at, ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your own lust. So pray with the right motives. My preacher used to show it this. I'll never forget this. As a teenager in our church, I remember him illustrating prayer. And he said, most of us are praying like this. He said, what we should be praying is like this. 
See what I'm saying? So when we're going to consume it upon our own lust, we want what we want, and we want God. We look at God as a genie in a bottle. He is there to meet my needs. All right, so look at this. So make sure your motives are right. Make sure not only motives, but you understand pray according to God's will. Pray in Jesus' name. Praying in Jesus' name is praying by His will and authority. Now, here's the verse I was talking about earlier, John 14, 13. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So whatever we're praying for, if we pray in Jesus' name, we have to understand that what we're praying for will bring honor and glory to God, and it's in the will of God for our lives. Here's another blank. Pray with other Christians. The early church prayed together. Acts 1.14, they, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren, Acts 2.42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. There's church right there. There's church. Not coming to be entertained, not coming for the daycare or the children's ministries. I'm for, I'm for all of those things. We're coming. Look at what it says. It says, steadfastly continued their teaching, the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, we're getting together in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Look at the next blank. Pray privately. Pray privately. Matthew 6, and when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues in the corners of the street, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Some of you are going to have to clean your closet out to be able to pray in it, all right? Pray earnestly. Pray earnestly. The opportunity and privilege of prayer is not something to be taken lightly. We don't pray simply as a religious exercise. We pray as one who is presenting their request to God. James 5.16 says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. All right, page 103, pray with a plan. Pray with a plan. Would you write something on the margin of your notes there? Deal Moody said this, The supernatural begins when the natural has ended. The supernatural begins when the natural has ended. Now watch this, as we shared the vision for the new year, we asked each and every person, when I was studying for these prayer lessons, even this afternoon, and I forget who this man was, a man of, oh, Billy Bray, Billy Bray said this, some of you know Brother Wally, and some of you men, Brother Bill, probably about Billy Bray. I didn't know this about Billy Bray. Billy Bray was so convicted about winning the lost one year he prayed, Lord, I want you to let me see someone come to Christ every day. And he had a year of his life that every day he led somebody to Christ. And the next year he prayed and said, Lord, would you allow me to see two people come to Christ every day I'm alive? And God met that need. Now let me say something to you. The supernatural begins when the natural has ended. Okay? Okay. 
God, send me a job. Okay, we'll pray. The church will pray. Lady with a lady, men with men, ask men or ask you, uh, other Christians to help pray with you for a job. But then get up and go look for a job. Okay? God's just not going to drop a job. An employer, I mean this honestly, and, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say that pastor knows God to a different way you don't, but I, I, this happened to me. Lucy's probably the only one here that knew could go back that far. In the other building, when our ministry was 12, I worked full-time outside the church, and then as the church began to grow a little bit, I was working with my dad. And I love my dad, but it, any of you this way, it's just not good you work with your dad. We saw things totally different. And I hated mechanics, and he had a greasy mechanic. So I'm not too good to mechanic. I just hate mechanics. And I remember then I was injured in an accident, and I had to take some time off. And I remember my wife and I praying. I remember praying, Lord. And I remember, that, remember this specifically. We were at the old church on a Saturday working. I drove to, it was a 7-Eleven there. Now it's a Circle K. And I got a cup of coffee. And in the car, I bowed my head and said, God, tomorrow. No, this is, okay, Monday I was going back to work. This was on a Saturday. I said, Lord, I've got to go to work Monday. Would you open up a job? I kid you not. Within 10 minutes, my phone rang. Can I speak to Gordon Rudd? That's, this is he. Gordon, this is Tom Howard with Utility Trailer in Denver. Yes. I'd like to offer you a job. It's the only time it's happened to me, all right? What I'm saying is, go put some apps in. If you, you can ask God to help you, but do all that you can do. Dio Moody followed that up with this. If your shoes need tied, you cannot and should not ask God to tie your shoes. You can ask him for the knowledge to know how to make a bow. You can ask him for the strength to tie your shoes, but don't ask God to tie your shoes, all right? Look at this, if you would. Pray with a plan. And so the plan comes there, and he lays it out in Matthew chapter 6, all right? Here's a good acronym. You understand, in page 104, this is a good acronym. Acts, all of our prayers should have, have these aspects to them. A is for adoration. Praise God. When you pray, praise Him. All right? Adoration. C is for confession. Confess your sins before Him. T stands for thanksgiving. S stands for supplication. Supplication is we go back to God with a broken heart and a heart that's moved with His purposes. All right? Here's a blank to fill at the ladder of 104. Prayers, fellowship with God. It's not simply a method of transaction of transaction for asking and getting. It is part of a needful communication with God because communication is part of a relationship. It is vital that we keep that relationship right. All right, look at 105, page number 105. I'm going to show you this as we get ready. Beware of hindrances to prayer. There are some times that God will not hear our prayers. I want to show you Psalm 66, 18. Fill in the next blank. Unconfessed sin hinders our prayers. 
There's only two types of sin in the Christian's life, mortal and venial. No. I'm just seeing if you're paying attention. All right? Two types of sin, confessed and unconfessed. All right? Confessed sin breaks sin's powers and keeps us on a relationship with God. Unconfessed sin brings with it God's judgment, and it drops the communication we have with God. First John said this, If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, does what? Cleanses us from all sin. All right? So look at this. Unconfessed sin hinders our prayer. Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity... Now, I think Brother Bliss did this or Brother Stephen sometime back or somebody who was teaching here, and I remember, and this is true. In the Bible, primarily in the New Testament, but also in the book of, of Psalms, it's mentioned here, all sin is not the same, okay? Sin and iniquity are not the same word in the Bible. Does this make sense to you? Probably each and every one of us have sinned this week and didn't even realize we sinned because we serve a holy God. But iniquity is something quite different. When David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, that word iniquity means something I know is wrong and I did it anyway. I did it anyway. That's a sin. That's iniquity. Isaiah 59, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, Neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities has separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Not that he cannot hear, he will not. Here's another blank. Unforgiveness hinders our, sin, our prayers. Unconfessed sin and unforgiveness. Is there someone you are unwilling to forgive? It'll hinder your prayers. Mark 11:25, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. Here's the last blank on 105. Disregard for God's word hinders our prayers. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. All right? On page 106. Restore fellowship through prayer. On the bottom part of 106, let me give you, let's break something down a little bit further. I want you to put at the bottom there, 106, put sonship. Sonship. And then a hyphen next to it is permanent and eternal. If we are ever saved, truly saved, can we lose our salvation? When we get saved, we become a son of God. So First John says, correct? When we are a son of God, we can never lose that. Now, let me ask you, how many of you men in here, or ladies, you have a son? You have a son, all right? Any of you that had your hand raised, has your son always pleased you? Is he still your son? 
if, God forbid, but if he committed a crime and he's in the penitentiary, penitentiary, is he still your son? If he gets to be president of the United States, you're proud of him. He's your son, isn't he? So it is with God. Sonship is eternal and permanent. Now below that, put fellowship. Fellowship is contingent upon confession of sin and being rightly related to Him. You can have sonship as a child of God, but you may not enjoy fellowship. Right? Look at page 107. What a privilege God has given us through prayer. One of the most important steps in your life is to begin praying on a regular basis. You'll find that prayer is both a relief, allowing you to unburden your heart to the Lord, and a blessing as you see God answer your prayers. Nothing thrills me on Sunday morning. Probably of all men in this, in this membership, Brother Stephen and I, I probably share more with him than just about anybody about some things we want God to do in ministry. I told you, Cassandra, we were picking on you Sunday night, I think, a little bit. Brother Stephen and I, weeks before you got saved, when we had our time together, pray for Cassandra, pray for Cassandra, pray for Cassandra, pray for Cassandra. When we heard Brother Bliss say he led Cassandra to the Lord, it thrilled me, but it didn't surprise me because we're praying. And we'll share with you today somebody in our church accepted Christ as Savior. We'll share with you that very soon. But as soon as I got that call, just praise the Lord. It again thrilled me, brought tears to my eyes, but it didn't surprise me. I told Brother Stephen this the last, before I left for Ohio, we mentioned this man's name and I said, he's soon to get saved. He's going to get saved. He's going to get saved. Sunday, I think Saturday, when we were talking together, I said, he's going to get saved. He's going to get, Stephen had called me and said, preacher, he's so close. He's so close. Don't push him. Going to get saved. And I think about, I, I'm, I'm telling you, the next couple weeks, just buckle up. You're going to see some answers to prayer like you haven't seen in quite some time. So think about this. Sonship and fellowship, these are two vital steps that you can take to begin developing a meaningful prayer life. Number one, plan a regular prayer time. When is it going to be? For most of us, it would be best if it was in the morning. To pray with consistency requires a plan. Set a time of day. How many of you are morning people? You're morning people. How many of you are like pastor, you're night people? You can stay up till Brother Vernon cracks me up and Brother Paul Ehart, but Brother Vernon. When Vernon and Rebecca first came to our church, you know Brother Vernon. He just kind of like a bull in the china closet sometimes. We had the first, I mean this honestly, Brother Stephen, and I think this is before, yeah, I, well, maybe it was while you were here. We had a West Coast group come, and we divvied up the, they were boys, and said, who wants to keep a couple boys? And Vernon and Rebecca uh, volunteered to keep a couple boys, and I got him aside, because the guy gets up like at 3.30 in the morning. I said, Brother Vernon, these poor kids travel and travel and travel and travel. Let them sleep in. Okay, preacher. He did. He let him sleep into 445. 
Rebecca told me he's in there at the door knocking on the Come on, you guys, you're gonna, you're gonna die in bed. Get up, we got breakfast. And these poor college kids are getting out of there and they're tripping in. But watch this. I kid him about this. He wants to have breakfast at 5, 5.30. Yeah, I love everyone here. I don't love any of you enough to have breakfast with you at 5.30. Okay? Just bring me a bring me a cinnamon roll and I'll pray for you. But what? But Vernon will come, come on, preacher. And Brother Stephen will do it. Brother Josh. How many of you had? You have Marvin. He's been with you early in the morning. And watch it. And I'll say, but here's what I'll say. Okay. He said, Preacher, you're still in your jammies at nine o'clock in the morning. I said, No, I'm not. But I said, you know what I'll do? I'm going to call you at 9 o'clock at night. Better yet, I'll call you at 10 or 11 or 12, and I'm up. Where are you? I'm in my jammies. All right. If morning is your time, pray in the morning. Set a time whenever it is. Begin with a small amount of time, perhaps 5 or 10 minutes, and increase it until you find your need to pray increasing. Now, here is a blank that only you can fill in. My prayer time is, put it down there. Some of you might put 5.30 in the morning. God bless you. All right? Number two, begin a prayer list. The best way to remember the important request in your life and in the lives of those you love is to write down a list of whom and what you're praying for. This can be as simple as a handwritten list in a notebook. I, I learned this years ago. I'm not as faithful in it as I should be, but each and every year, I chronicle what God's done for me, answers to prayer, things I'm asking God for in a journal. Let me encourage you. If you don't journal, journal. Say, preacher, isn't that like a diary? No, the ladies have a diary. The men have a journal, right? For me, it's on my iPad. Sometimes when I get down and a little bit discouraged, all I have to do is go back in my journal and read how other times I was down and discouraged and how God heard and answered my prayer. Now, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Look at this. There, is, there are five days worth of devotions here, okay, on prayer. There is a verse in scriptures to read. These lessons will have meaning to them when we do this, not only have them together on Wednesday night, but then throughout the week, we're continuing in there, hence the word continue. We're continuing in Bible devotions and in that attitude of prayer. 